First Peter. Um, so, uh, we didn't really get very far in Peter last week, but I think I'm just going to fast forward here to chapter 3 and kind of start there and instead of trying to go back and catch up. Um, let me ask this as we go. If anybody has read any of Peter and has any, any questions on, um, on anything we talked about last week or what we didn't cover before I jump into what's going on here in chapter 3. Okay. Um, so, just as a, by way of overview, the whole book of Peter is... Uh, it, what it concerns, it, it concerns the fact that uh, Peter is writing to Gentile believers who, have been, who, who he's trying to say, hey guys, you are in the family. You are grafted in. You are connected. And, as, uh, um, and they're, they're going through difficulties. They're going through suffering. They're going through uh, persecution because of the name of Christ. And he's... he's Trying to, uh, to impart to them a, a different mindset in how we get through trials, tribulations, and troubles in this world. Um, and part of the mindset is, and, and, and he, he, he draws heavily on uh, multiple places in the, in the Hebrew Scriptures um, and on the, the teachings of Christ. Draws heavily on both of these. And you see a lot of connections with things he says that James says and Paul says and what have you. So it's in that context, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this first part of three because I've taught on this quite a bit. Um, if y'all want to ask me questions, we go through it. But it's in this context that, that we are introduced to Peter's conversation about how husbands and wives are to treat one another. So what's going on here? You have a Roman household. And in a Roman household, the, 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 the father, the husband figure is basically, uh, um, the rest of his family is his possession. His wife is his possession. His children are his possession. His slaves are his possession. Basically, what he says goes, that's the way that it is. And what, what Peter's doing here, Paul takes the same approach, is that what does Jesus do when Jesus comes into this world, he redeems culture. He changes everything. What he doesn't do is say, form a group and protest the way it's going on. He says, embrace those around you like Christ and watch the Holy Spirit bring change. He says it is living out the love of Christ, being, being willing to be his imager, which means sometimes taking on his suffering. And when we do that, we allow him. I mean, come on, think for a minute. We, we're, we, we, have to, we have to disconnect ourselves from the thing that we've heard. If you've been a Christian more than 10 minutes, we are, the, the cross becomes so um, familiar to us that we miss the scandal of it. The cross was a complete scandal. 
No one expected the cross. The cross is not how you deal with this world. It's just the opposite. It's weakness. It's giving up. It's death. It's not fighting back. It's like, wait a minute. We're looking for the Messiah. Messiah, we hear the word Messiah, we hear the word Christ, we go, oh, the Messiah, right? That meant in the psyche, it means king. It means king. And once again, we don't have the understanding of king because king meant I'm standing here because there's an army behind me and we're conquering. That's what they're looking for. They were looking for a conquering king. When he is coming into Jerusalem on that, uh, uh, um, the first day of the week, it's a Sunday, right? And he's coming into Jerusalem and they're crying out, holy, holy, holy. Here he is. Uh, uh, and they're, they're Hosanna, son of David. They're throwing down the palms. We call it Palm Sunday. Do you know what they're thinking is going to happen? In their thinking, he's going to ascend to the throne. He's going to raise up an army. He's kicking the Romans out. Israel is getting its place of glory back on earth. The thing of it is, he does all that, but not the way that we would expect it. Now, what makes you think then, Peter's saying, Paul's saying, if you're going to overcome, you're going to overcome any different than Jesus did. Do you think your overcoming is going to be because you get in the face of the world and you're tougher than the world? Or is your overcoming going to be because you are tougher because you are going to love the world when they're spitting in your face? That's the whole book right there. In fact, I would tell you that's most of the apostolic writings right there. Right? Um, so when we read these things, put these glasses on. L listen to it this way, because these aren't the glasses we normally wear. Uh, Now, take that and listen. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which, is, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Still can't get Diane to do that, but anyway, <laughs> would you pray for her? No, just <laughs> yeah, y'all are gonna go start praying for me now, right? <laughs> and you, her children, if you do good and do not, you are her children. If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening, you're a woman. You're in a Roman household. He's Lord in your household. He can lord over you. And Peter says, be subject to your husband 
so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by your conduct. It says your, your living Jesus in front of them is bigger than who they think they are. And one by one, homes started changing. Culture started changing. Inside out, upside down. I know for a fact, um, talking with um, uh, George Wafola and Larry Nice, Kenyan culture, um, very similar in Daddy Rules Everything. And they started KMTI. They started teaching and training these pastors. These pastors you know, were beating their wives. And it's just cultural, what you did. Treating them horribly. And um, uh, they start teaching and training these pastors, and all of a sudden, these pastors are starting to treat their wives with honor, with dignity, with respect. Oh, the wives are starting to live out Christ. And now you've got a generation later where there are aspects, the entire aspects of culture that are changing. It's still African culture but it's redeemed in Christ. It's not American culture. We don't want it to be American culture. We want it to be Christ culture. Amen. 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 It says, um, when they see your pure, uh, your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair, the putting on of jewelry. Okay. It goes, literally goes back to um, uh, what, what, what's going on here? What, what's going on here is, is it's about influence. It's about how are you wives as a believing wife going to influence your husband? Well, I mean, it goes all the way back to um, Genesis chapter 6 when the sons of God leave uh, their place on earth. You know, there, there are four things in Second Temple that they understood that the, that the sons of God brought. One of the things they brought was using beauty as a means of um, furthering self. Another was warfare. Another was um, uh, witchcraft. And the fourth was idolatry. And so what is he saying? Is he saying that, you, you know, you should never do anything to make yourself look good? No. What he's talking about is how are you going to motivate how many, how many women today know that it will manipulate men by how they look? One or two. <laughs> <laughs> we got one honest person in the room. <laughs> he's, not saying, he's not saying, you know, okay, what he's saying is, how are you going to influence? If you think that that's going to bring real change, you don't know what Christ did. Furthermore, you don't know who you are and the power you have in him. You don't understand your own identity. With the, the, the way the woman dresses kind of thing, it's been so much a part of like Christianity today mm-hmm. uh, with various groups. And then, but then just contrasting to me, like Songs of Solomon, where you think of these ladies as like, really done up, right? Yeah, versus, absolutely. Versus like some of these epistle writings where you think like midnight, right? So that's what you're 
Thank you. Thank you. Because I was actually thinking this earlier and it, and it went out because I wanted to bring up that contrast. Okay. When... I'm sorry, I've got to stand. I'm getting excited now. <laughs> Cecilia's coming out. Uh, so, um, when Abraham's servant heads up north to Haran because Abraham says, uh, uh, says, says, I need you to go get a wife for my son Isaac. And he goes up there and, you know, of course he meets Rebecca and y'all know the story. So if you don't know the story, it's an awesome story. Go read it. What's one of the first, what's one of the first gifts he gives her? Anybody know? Jewelry, specifically a nose ring. Pulls out a nose ring, gives it, and then he's got all of this, you know, incredible gifts for her, right? So we, we see that. We, we, you read Song of, Song of Solomon. There's clearly this, um, uh, uh, the attempt to want to do that which is going to look good for their, uh, for their other person, going on with both the man and the woman, all right? So what Peter's talking about here is not, you know, uh, uh, denigrating doing that. He's saying, how are you going to influence? If you think that's what you're, where your beauty really is, you don't know who you are. Now, when you know who you are and, and your desire is for your husband or, or vice versa, and you're doing that which is going to be out of love for your husband, it's not an identity thing. But when, when, if I want to influence and to demonstrate how beautiful I am, it has to come from who Christ is. Is there anyone more beautiful than the Holy Spirit who dwells in you? And when you, I mean, come on, we talk about the, how, the beauty of the cross. You have sorrow and beauty mixed together. So, this is what's happening here. Now, what's fascinating to me is the, some of the psychological pieces to it. You know, I've, kind of, I've talked more on and, um, over the years, and that is that the, the, the power granted to the woman in this picture is counterintuitive. Because women's, the, the way, the way um, our brains are wired, uh, women have a greater ability because they have a larger section of their brain in for communicating, connecting the different parts of the brain. Men have a larger section of their brain for focusing. So men uh, tend to naturally have ability to focus down. That's why we call it waffle squares, right? Getting in your waffle square. That's why communicating, talk about spaghetti. Women are like a plate of spaghetti, you know? You start on one conversation, you jump over to this noodle, jump over to that noodle, jump back to this noodle, over to that noodle, back to this noodle, over to that noodle, over to that noodle, back to this one and this one and that one, over to this one and back one. And every other woman knows exactly what she's talking about. And the dude's like, I have no clue. Right? And so uh, intuitively, intuitively, you, uh, um, um, many women think, well, if he doesn't yet, if I've not yet influenced him, it's because I haven't yet explained it well enough. <laughs> and, and so uh, what actually happens in his brain this is an actual you know what's going on he has higher levels of testosterone because she communicates better she comes in with communication if he hears that as challenge uh, 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 which is very likely to because he's not as good at it Instead of, oh, I need to learn, let me listen in here, testosterone rises up, the wall rises up, and uh, comes out. 
Isn't that interesting? You ever seen? Eh? <laughs> it got real quiet in here tonight. Hit all the right buttons. So what happens then? Instead of speaking, there's action that goes on. There's no threat. No threat. Testosterone doesn't rise up. He's like, oh. And he sees, he sees what? He sees someone acting beautifully. That becomes attractive. Isn't that interesting? I see right on time. Who's ever sting that was? That was perfect. <laughs> Everybody follow? I got one slight... Everybody follow? Nobody... Seriously, come on, guys. This is real. This is where we live. If, if I'm like out in left field here, somebody's like, I don't know what you're talking about, or I don't agree with you, or I don't believe this, lay it out there. No, no. I agree, but um, I look at it in terms, and it's just my personal belief, is elevating values. Um, the majority of us have God, curse, or the Trinity, whichever way you want to refer to it. Then comes family. And in my sense, the country is third. Now, the reason I want to go back up to family is because it talks about in the Bible chasing the flesh and it also talks about uh, uh, sex and whatnot before marriage and then that's where the family comes in uh, you're supposed to refrain my values refrain from that until you get married and then it all falls into a nice, nice neat little puzzle yeah so I totally cue in on the value thing. I think that's in, highly important. We respond to other people because of not understanding our own value and then not stand, understanding the value of the other person. And, then and so it creates a lot of reactions. Right, so. and then control is equal because you're supposed to be equally yoked and we come as close well, this, as So, yeah. So there is no control in factor. And then once man uh, doesn't look at the woman as, a, as chasing flesh and look at the mind and the heart, and if perceptive enough the soul, I guess that's where soulmates come in, but I don't really want to talk about that, but the important thing is the, the mind and the heart, and you're not looking at the, the things that we tend to look at, the chest and legs and whatnot, and that to me is chasing the flesh. Who else? Anybody else? I get uh, the pursuit. I've never thought of God having a passionate pursuit for us like that. Mm -hmm. Understanding that. Uh, so, I don't know, I'll be quiet right there. So I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that was good. Um, all right, ladies. Thoughts? Go ahead. I, I hear manipulation. It's when it's like the dressing up, and mm -hmm. you're talking about influencing. And it might not want to be said, but it's manipulating. And but it can be, you know, um, on the I guess it can be on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And but that's just the point. The, uh, so sometimes it's manipulation. Sometimes it's also out of hurt, pain. It's out of a desire to, you know, look, who doesn't want to feel good? 
Anybody here not want to feel good? Be honest. Who doesn't want to feel good? Okay, so if I do something and I get compliments for it, why would I not do it again? If I do something and I see a reaction and I get attention for it, and that makes me feel good, why would I not do it again? And then if I get everybody else saying, oh, man, that's really good, you should do that more, why wouldn't I do it again? And then I see other people starting to behave certain ways, and I can, and I can have them behave, not because I'm intentionally, necessarily just trying to manipulate, but because of how it makes me feel, which is manipulation. It is, because I'm not, I am no longer acting as an imager of God, nor am I acting towards others as images of God. Okay? But I'm not trying, what my point is, is it's not always nefarious in the motivation, in the fact that I'm just trying to get somebody to do this way. I'm saying it happens very naturally. It happens naturally because, because it feeds a cycle. A cycle where I get attention and I feel good for it, and other people say it's good, so why wouldn't I do it? You see? And what the, but the scripture's coming to and saying, listen, that very, the cycle of the world is not what's going to uh, uh, transform the home. What's going to transform the home is, this, is the person of Christ lived out. And when the person of Christ is lived out, very often it's not how we naturally behave. We have to very often crucify what we would naturally do. So, uh, let's keep reading because this is, you know, well, actually wasn't going to, I got a lot more text to cover. Yeah, I want to. Real, real quick, if you follow the words of Christ and you're humble, you don't run into that problem. Yeah. Because he clearly states, and I kind of live that way, to be as humble as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Humility is a huge part of this. Yeah. Um, so. Actually, they kind of move into the second part here, verse, verse 7. It says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So now, um, uh, I, remember, I remember several years ago I would read this and go, I'm not reading that in public, not in today's society. Because the, the very verse, especially if you're in a, mixed, uh, in a mixed room, the very verse women hear is, what do you mean weaker vessel? What's that mean, weaker vessel? Um, I'll tell you, it doesn't mean emotionally weaker necessarily. I've seen very, very strong uh, women and very weak men. Um, uh, I'm going to just touch on weaker vessel right up front because I don't think that's the main aspect of the, the verse. I think it's talking to a man to tell a man he has to honor his wife. And if he understands that he has to treat her with honor and respect and dignity and not like another man or not like something that he owns, rather someone who is an equal to him, who is a co-heir with him. Remember, Roman culture, man's ahead. He owns his wife. He owns his children. This is the culture that this is written in. This is what's going on. Now, all of a sudden, you can't treat her like that. When you're treating her like that, you are taking someone who is a co-heir with you, co-inheritor. Okay? A co-heir, um, you know, if... if hey, if you ever have a, a, a parent or someone who passes away and they pass on an inheritance and they all have siblings, okay, and it says equally divided, that means it's equally divided. It doesn't matter age or anything else. 
That's how it gets divided. You're co-heirs, right? Um, and uh, uh, I, I really like the picture. I mean, y'all have heard the picture before. Like if I had a, a wine glass right here and a hard plastic vessel, I, I have a hard plastic coffee cup. I take the hard plastic coffee cup and I toss it. What's going to happen? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I can pick it up, put my coffee in it, keep drinking. Other than, you know, if it had something in it, it's going to stain the floor. If I take the wine glass and toss it, what's going to happen? It's going to break. See, this is meant to be a word picture in his mind. So, um, which one am I going to put in the back of my cupboard? The hard plastic. Which one am I going to put in the china closet in the front of the cupboard to show off? The glass. The, the glass. Says that's how you live with your wife. She's that's how you lift her up. That's who you exalt in your home. And it, it changes everything. The 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 three the the I, I find it interesting. You got um, six verses written to the woman and one verse written to the man. <coughs> the six verses are all about relationship. All about relationship, and there's not one negative thing in there. He doesn't say, if you don't do this or if you don't do that. It's all positive. It's all about relationship. It's all edifying. It's all building up. It's about beauty. It's about Sarah and Abraham. It's about winning your husband. All about that. Everything about it. One verse to the man and half of it's negative. <laughs> do this, do this, do this. And if you don't, God won't hear your prayers. Okay. Well, now you begin to understand the difference when it means by weak and strong. Would she have felt edified if Peter came and said that to her? I can tell you, guys don't care. They're like, oh, okay. I don't feel negative by reading that. I don't feel put upon. I don't feel like he's beating up on me. I'm thinking, actually, I feel, dang, I'm glad he told me. <laughs> Do you see the difference? Do you feel the difference? That's what's going on here. And, uh, hang on. Um, uh, I find it ironic that he says, husbands live with your wives with understanding. Because he doesn't say wives live with your husbands with understanding. <laughs> Once again, it's not intuitive. He's saying, guys, you need to do what you need to do to figure this out. Because most guys would just go, ah, no clue, man. Let's go have a beer. <laughs> Seriously! I got, I'm clueless, man. I have no idea what she's talking about. I don't, I don't get this. When he says, tough, figure it out. It's up to you to figure it out. Gut it up. Honor her. Show her dignity. He's changing Roman and Greek culture here. I would say he's changing our culture too. Um, Showing honor, uh, since they are heirs with you. I mean, it's like, what? My equal? Then, and by the way, God won't listen to you if you don't do it. All right, Dan, you want to say something? Well, I mean, you hit it on the head. You're talking about a patriarchal culture where he's like putting his finger in the chest of the man. Yeah. Because if you take it back a second, man, if we, there's a hierarchy. If you're a stronger male than another male, you don't sit down and listen to them, you tell them what to do. And Roman culture, I'm the, I'm the captain, you guys are saying, right. go do it. And here he's saying, no, 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 no. You need to submit, humble, step back, put yourself under and understand. Listen to her. Mm -hmm. Which 
in a male culture, there's no way you know a CEO is going to sit down with the janitor and listen to and have like a meaningful conversation, right? In a hierarchy. But here he's saying, no, no, no. You need to do that. You need to sit down with her and you need to understand her yeah. and humble yourself, which is right in the like you said, it's pointing right. his chest. Yeah, in his face. It's mm -hmm. good. All right. So um, finally, all of you. What I um, what I like about where he, where he goes here, and, and even where he just went in this, and is that, let's again, paint the picture again and really hear what he's saying. These people are going through real um, life struggles. You know, this is talking about a real woman in a home where her husband doesn't want to have anything to do with Jesus and is browbeating her because she's now loving Jesus and she's suffering for Christ. It's talking about a husband who, who comes to Christ and he's used to living this certain way and now he's got to rework everything he ever believed and understood and how he's supposed to treat his family. Um, uh, it's talking about individuals now, people in this society who all of a sudden they come to Christ and everything changes. They're no longer following after the pagan ways that they were. They're no longer in, in we don't, this, these, this culture was thoroughly pagan. I mean, everything you did was dedicated to a foreign God. Everything you did was dedicated to a God somewhere. You walk into a building, there's a dedication to a God. You have an event, it's a dedication to a God. Everything was. And so now you are the, you're the one walking. Now the Jews were weird, but they were exempted. Okay, because they only had this one God thing, and you know, who only has one God? And that was weird, but they were exempted because we understand in ancient culture, we're going to let them have their culture. But now all of a sudden, you've been living this culture. You know what they call them? They call Christians atheists. They're called atheists. And so now you're doing this, and, and, and uh, what's happening is it's just, things are starting to change. Well, when things change, people don't like change. They don't like change, and you have, a, you have a spiritual warfare going on, okay? There's a spiritual warfare. So there's trials, there's struggles, there's tribulations coming on. Now, how is Peter instructing them to deal with that? What he's not doing is saying you've got to stand on the corner and fast a certain way and pray a certain way and have a certain ritual to do it. He's telling them, you need to live Jesus. I mean, look, look, let's keep reading. Listen to what he says. Finally, all of you, have unity of mind. You want to overcome? You guys need to be together in your mind. You need to, you need to make up your mind and we're going to walk this out. We're going to walk this together. We're going to figure this out. We're going to let anything come between us. If something starts to come between us, we're going to sit down and figure it out. What's coming between us? We're going to let little rubs, you know, kind of rub us out. We're going to run off angry because I got my feelings hurt. We're going to sit down and work this out because that's overcoming the enemy. That's real life. It's not having a ritual prayer. I'm overcoming Satan. No, overcoming Satan is when there's a rub between me and my brother and I sit down with him until we got it worked out. That's overcoming Satan. Do you all see it? This is practical. He says uh, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart. A humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless 
uh, bless, for, for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Who wants a blessing? <laughs> Anybody want a blessing? I do. Okay, then do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. On the contrary, bless. Bless those when they do evil to you. Love with brother. Have sympathy when people are acting in evil. Realize they don't know what they're doing. They have no clue. Listen, he's quoting now. He says this. He's, he's um, quoting from the Psalms. Whoever desires to love, lo- to love life and see good days. Anybody desire to love life and see good days? Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. You see, he's making this utterly practical. Utterly practical. Blessing. Not participating when when they're cutting one another down. Not participating in that. Refusing to do that. Speaking good when when others are speaking evil. Turning away from those. Pursuing the peace. All right, let me keep going. Verse 13. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? He's saying, look, if you're always zealous to live this way, you're going to have far fewer people to try to harm you to begin with. Uh, unfortunately, uh, there are people in this world who, uh, um, I don't say people in this world, that's not a way of saying it. There are Christians who don't understand that I need to live Jesus, and so get in somebody else's face, then they get persecuted for getting somebody else's face, and they go on being persecuted for Jesus. No, you're being persecuted for not being very smart. <laughs> do, do you see what I'm saying? I, I'll give you a, this is a real life example. Um, I was um, in, before we moved here, oh, we weren't long married, living in Baltimore City. And, and where we lived, there was a, I decided to campaign on the polling day. There was a, a referendum question, and it was, called, it was question six. And what they were doing in question six was taking, they were giving doctors the authority to decide if minors could have an abortion without having to go to a judge. The doctor could just say, oh, no, you don't need your parents' permission. I can do this. And so, I mean, beside being a complete conflict of interest, so this was the question that was out there. And I decided, you know what? I knew the, I knew the community I lived in. I knew the, the, the city I lived in, the place I was living in. I knew where the majority of people stood. But I just wanted to be a voice for Christ. So I took the flyers and I literally stood there all day long and handed out flyers and engaged anyone in conversation I could possibly engage. The people that I engaged in the most... Um, Anybody reading the phone? Why did I lose the phone? Oh, uh, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, sure. Um, the people that... that now... Uh, um, I, I literally I had a bunch of flyers I was there that, in, in this particular polling place I was, um, for almost the whole day I was the only person there um, 
The other side was highly organized. They had, every few hours, they had new volunteers. Sometimes they'd have two people. And I literally would approach each one that, you know, had the other flyers, the four, and I went, just get them in conversation. Hey, what you know what you're doing? How are you doing? I'm like, really interested. Why are you in that, holding that position? We would engage and really get in. I mean, it was really, really good conversation. And, uh, and then we would laugh and joke and just enjoy each other as human beings, though we knew, and we actually would come to agreement. We'd come to agreement. Okay, when someone new would come up, I'll let you talk and say your piece, and then you let me talk and I'll say my piece. And we would literally both approach someone at the same time on two different sides. Go, okay, I'm going to let them go first. Now I'm going to tell you the other side. This is what's going on at the polling place, okay? Was I standing, did I have any problem not telling them the truth? None, zero. Well, in the middle of the day, in fact, in fact, um, uh, at lunchtime, I'm standing there, this, this truck pulls up, and the, 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 there was a lady for the other side at this time who I was holding her flyers, and I'm standing next to her, and we're, we're in conversation, and the truck pulls a sandwich or two out and goes to hand it to the lady, and then they go to hand me one. <laughs> And, and I looked at the truck and I held my flowers up. I said, you probably don't want to feed me. <laughs> Just like that. And they literally reeled back in the truck. They were like, oh, whoa. You know, like, the person that, I was, that was standing right here, she goes, oh, no, 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 no. Give him a sandwich. He's cool. <coughs> they fed me. <coughs> about, midway halfway, about midway in the day, this lady pulls up and she's going to help me. Um, uh, uh, she came and she like, saw me and said, hey, I came to, to help hand out flyers. Awesome. Wonderful. So I hand her some flyers and all that. And, um, uh, and the, the other person that, I'm, that I've been talking to and engaging with comes walking over and she goes, who's that? And I said, oh, that's the, you know, the person that's here from the four question and what have you. This lady over here looks at her and I'm, I'm telling I'm not making this up. She just, she just looks at her and she just starts jumping up and down, hopping up and down, just going, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. I thought she was weird. <laughs> if I think she's weird, what do you think this person's thinking? This person's like. Yeah. Now, which one is being rejected for Christ and which one's being rejected for being foolish? This is what he's saying here. If we live out Christ, look, there are, you know, I'm going to tell an opposite story. This is, it's story night. I think it's story night. I'm going to tell an opposite story. Um, I can't tell who this is because I don't have permission. This just happened. Uh, someone, someone I know very, very well. Um, this person, you know, in the workplace is always trying to be Christ in the workplace. Trying to be, um, uh, um, just that, just trying to be Christ. I mean, very, very godly example of being Christ and reaching out and, and people of all different kinds of uh, lives and lifestyles. None of that matters. Um, and so this person goes with a coworker. Um, uh, out one evening after work, they're just going out to, um, to you know, sit somewhere and get something to drink and chat. Well, in the middle of this, the, the two of them going out and sitting there and chatting, they're having a good conversation. The other co the, the co-worker starts bringing up political issues. Well, this person is like, you know, what? And then so they're, they're talking more and more and they're making fun of people uh, that had hold different political positions than them. And they're noticing that the other person isn't participating. Not saying anything. So the, the co-worker says, 
oh, so, uh, so what's your position on all these things? Where do you stand on all these things? And this person was like, you know, I, I really rather not even have that conversation. I'd rather just talk about other stuff that were. And then this person says, well, that means I know exactly where you stand, stood up and walked away, says, I can't sit here and have a drink with you. Wow. Now that's persecuted for being Christ. Do you see the difference? That person, we need to be willing to be that person. We need to be willing to be reaching out with the love of Christ and not care about how other people react. We need to be willing to live the truth, let other people know the truth, without putting the truth in their face. It, Jesus will do that all by himself. Now, there are going to be moments, we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. There are going to be moments when the Holy Spirit will open up golden opportunities and we need to be looking for them, listening to them. When I can speak into somebody's life or share something with someone, and yeah, they may react horrible to it. Um, uh, it's not about their reaction. I'm not sharing it to prove a point. I'm not sharing it to be a witness. I'm sharing it because the Holy Spirit's moving on me and I'm imaging Christ in the moment. Do you see the difference? Oh, yeah. Now, the, the, the first one was open debate, which is the foundation of our country. The second one was shutting the other side down. Yeah, and so we're in a particular time in our nation when <coughs> it is very difficult to have these conversations. Yeah. P- emotions are extremely high. People are wound very tight. There is no forgiveness for thinking the wrong thing. For thinking the wrong thing. There's things that if it was in your life 30 years ago, you're horrible today because that was in your life 30 years ago, right? Even though you've basically demonstrated you've done nothing but try to help society ever since, okay? That's what we live in. That's the culture we live in. That's why this speaks directly to us. It's why the answers are not looking for a spiritual formula, but it's allowing him to live through us, which comes because we have intimacy with him. Practical things. Unity of mind. Tender heart. Humble. Compassionate. Not repaying evil. Brotherly love. All of these things. And there's, there's a lot more in the text here, guys. And we're not getting to. Uh, I'll, I'll close with this verse because it's closing time. He says this. But even if, I'm in verse 14, but even if you suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. See? He says, now, in verse 13, now who is there to harm you if you're zealous for what is good? If you, try, if you live out Jesus, the fact of the matter is, most people are going to go, oh, wow, that's uh, uh, um, attractive. Or there's something about you. But, there are going to be people who say, uh-uh, and they're going to reject you. And there's going to be Uh, the potential for suffering for righteousness sake. And even if that happens, he says, that's a blessing. That's not a curse. That's a blessing. He says this, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But, are you ready? In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. That's where it starts. It starts right there. I'm honoring Christ the Lord as holy. This, my life is holy space. My life is holy space. And therefore, where I go, I'm honoring him to bring holiness. And if I'm bringing him, I'm going to be treating others the way he would treat them. 
And it says this, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. Guys, can I tell you right now, that takes work. What it just says, it's an apologia. It says, always be ready to make an apologia, to have an apologetic. It takes effort for us to learn what makes other people click. What are the questions they have? What are the answers for those questions? That takes work. It takes effort. This is why the scripture says, may we have wisdom to win souls. Wisdom to win souls. The, wisdom, the, the, the word wisdom in the Hebrew mind didn't just mean, you know, the wise old owl that had the answer. Wisdom actually meant had gift, talents, and abilities. Like if I were to sculpt something here, that, that would say you have the wisdom as a sculpture. Wisdom is what I did. So wisdom to win souls means I have taken the effort to study, to pray, to learn, to know what are the answers, to struggle through these things. And then it says this, having a good conscience, no, sorry, yet do it with gentleness and respect. You see, I don't, I, I'm not waiting for somebody to give me a question so I can beat them bloody with the truth. I'm responding to, not to a question, but to a questioner. I'm not responding to a question, but to a questioner. Gentleness and respect. Having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. He just said it could be God's will to suffer. He just said if that is God's will, it could be God's will to suffer. Wow. And we got to close on that note. Um, But how to do it? We do it the way Jesus did it. We embrace the cross, not running from the cross. What's the result of that? Resurrection. See, that's where we have to have our eyes. You have to have your eyes that if I'm going through it, if I'm being persecuted, if I'm suffering, okay. Because that's just Friday night. Sunday's coming. If there's a Friday night, there will be a Sunday. We get to Friday night, and unfortunately, we're like the disciples. Instead of like Jesus, we run and hide. He wants us to be like Jesus so that we can experience the resurrection. Amen? Amen. And that is a few verses out of the book of Peter. Let's, <laughs> let's stay together. Lord, I, I, I pray for my brothers and sisters here. I thank you for them. I thank you for each one of them that they love you. I thank you for this, this congregation of believers who, who believe in you, who believe you, who are hungry for you. I pray, Lord, that, that as we seek to live these things out, May we spend real time in your presence getting your heart. We make this completely practical walk with each other that's also super spiritual and powerful. Mm. Lord, 
We thank you for your grace and your mercy that for all the times we haven't lived up, we haven't measured up. But Lord, we, we get back up and we come to you. The righteous falls, but gets back up seven times. Amen. Father, I thank you for your arms wrapped around us. May we honor Christ the Lord as holy in our hearts and go from that place. Just cover each one Cover us as a congregation in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Love on one another before you leave. What are you doing? It's a long day.